0: Good morning. Good morning. Well, awesome, man. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 if you brought your Bibles this morning. If not, it will be on. The screen shortly for you to follow along. It's so good to be here with you. We had an awesome Engage the Spirit this past Thursday night. How many went to the Engage the Spirit this past Thursday night? See a show of hands. Yeah, that's awesome. About half of you. So it was incredible. Uh, Pastor Jim LaFoon was here to just encourage us. And, and he sat on a stool. And I was thinking about sitting on a stool this morning. I thought that would be. That would be nice for me, but um, maybe not nice for you because y'all like when I'm busy and I'm running around everywhere. I think maybe not, but um, I'm gonna believe that you do, and uh, and just roll with it. So, um, man, so excited. We've been in this series called uh, Philippians. We just named it Philippians. Going through the letter written by Paul to the church in Philippi as Paul was sitting in a Roman cell writing writing this uh, pinning this letter to Philippi he had a great um, uh, just desire and love for Philippi he loved this church he he absolutely loved this church because 15 years prior he actually planted this church and as I'm reading this letter I'm thinking about luminous church I'm thinking about you I'm thinking about man if I if I were to go to prison for my faith which will not happen Happen in the United States anytime soon but if I were and I were to write a letter I think about what would I write what would I write luminous and I think it would be a lot of this letter because you see, it's it's the joy that he felt for the church, and and I just want to let you know uh, this morning that I feel great joy being in this room, in this space with you this morning. I just, I, I, it's contagious. It's electric for me. It's something that I love. I, you'll probably see me. I'm I'm running around. I'm busy. I'm active. I'm, it's really hard to have, uh, like, deep um, conversations with me. Everything is, like, surface-level conversation because I, I have to say hi to you, but I have to say hi to you, and then I have to run over here and say hi to you because because I just love, love, love people. And I want to say hi to as many people as I can in, in this place. And, and, and when you you quickly realize that, that you only have so many handshakes within 15 minutes. And so many hellos. And so many expressions. And, and it's something that I long for. And, and I've, I much feel like Paul, as he wrote to Philippi, where he, he just longed for them. In fact, it says that he rejoiced with them. And so... What I want to do is I want to read Philippians chapter 3 together and just read through the whole chapter. And and I said this first service, but I really want somebody with an Aussie accent to come read this next week. And so if we have anybody with that, uh, British will do, you know, and so we'll take that as well. But man, we want to read through this chapter and then just, just talk about some things that I think are relevant for our church, relevant for you. Um, it's What's amazing about the Word of God, it's timeless, even though it was written to a specific people in a certain moment. Um, there are so many principles and truths in God's heart and God's character and God's love and, and and so many things that don't change. How many find that to be true? Like things just don't change. Yeah, don't you love being around that person who, who just, they're the same person 30 years later, like they, they have the same laugh, they give the same hug, they, they just love the same amount, they're just amazing. I, I love the consistency of that person. I'm just gonna let you know that God is the most consistent. God is consistent. And when you when you read his word, you realize that for centuries he's been consistent, for centuries and, and for eternity, his character will not change. And and that's good news. I I always hate reading that tweet, and you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, like, whoo! I didn't expect that. I I like some consistency in my life. I I love a God who's consistent in his love and and enduring, and and there's much to be said for that. And so Philippians chapter 3, that's that's my rant before the the big rant. Okay, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. You can follow along on the screens if you want to. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the real circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also." I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keeping your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, And now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform your lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject All things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in Lord, my beloved. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for Luminous Church. We thank you, God, that you wrote this word to us. Father, God, that we are a people who are in Christ Jesus. I pray that we'd put on the mind of Christ this morning, that you would open our ears and open our eyes to see you so clearly. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. I love Paul. Paul is an encourager. He's contagious. I mean, think about this. He he has this affinity towards Philippi, just like I have an affinity towards you, and he's full of love and full of grace, and there's great zeal in him. He's saying, I rejoice in always. I rejoice always for you, for these people. I'm so excited for these people. And you may wonder. Why I'm so enthused up here every time I'm up here because I'm passionate about God and I'm passionate about people. I love God with all of my heart, mind, and soul, but I I love his people, his church. I I love the people who come through these doors and I don't want anybody to go unnoticed or unmissed and and I fall so many times in this, but this is my letter if I were to write to you just like I would write Philippi. And I just hope that we would come into this place into this space on the second floor of the ridge, and when we come up here, that there would just be a level of encouragement that we've never seen before. And it would be not only from the pastor who gets paid to encourage. I get paid to encourage. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's a great gig. You should do it. And I get paid to encourage, but, but, but that you would come and bring an encouragement in this place, that you would come and encourage one another, that you would be happy to see each other, that there would be a great excitement and zeal for you. You know, I think about branding a lot. Uh, Branding, when you look at Starbucks, when you look at Coca-Cola, when you look at Regal Cinema, when you look at all these brands, they do something to you, right? It's this nostalgia, like... I'll never forget like what that makes me feel when, you know, a Starbucks sign during Christmas. I mean, I mean, come on, somebody peppermint mocha Keaton. I mean, you know, it's just awesome. It just does something to you. I just I'm so excited. A Coca-Cola when you were when you were a child that you used to open. You remember that bottle Coke as my dad shaking his head. Yes. And you open a Coca-Cola and you remember this is amazing. This is exciting. Well, what's good about branding and what's great about branding is is Luminous has a brand. And the brand behind the brand is Jesus and more Jesus. But the brand is this logo, and I love it. I love when my kids see the logo. I love when they see the logo and they go, that's church, Dad. Dad. That's church. Man, we love church. It's awesome. I love church. It's, it's so amazing. And, and we love to see that. And, and I will hope that you get excited too. When you jump by the 1604 and we have the largest sign on the Ridge Shopping Center because we didn't want anybody to miss us, we want you to get excited. Not excited just for excitement, but excited about the life being given in that place. Excited about what Jesus is doing. Excited about how your kid heard the gospel when he was five, got baptized, was discipled, and loved on in the kid's ministry faithfully over all his tenure. And now he's in college, and you trust that he is seeing Jesus clearly, that you trust she is seeing God and walking with God. How many of you get excited for that? That's what church is, that's what it should be. It's this brand, this is a brand that should be contagious and joyful. And and so finally, My brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. I write these things because it's good for you. I write these things, Paul says, because because this is going to help you. How many need some help right now? You know, you just need help in life. Help Help through the election, trying to sort that out still. Help through so many things, right? We need help, and Paul is writing this letter for help. And what he's doing is as he's encouraging the church, one of his very few letters where he doesn't openly rebuke, he brings a warning. I think help is good when there's a warning. How many know that? When there's a warning sign like danger ahead, uh, right lane closed up above, right? All those things are helpful because all of a sudden you move from 80 miles an hour down to 50 miles an hour, right? I don't know why you'd be going 80 anyway, but some of you. You go to 50 miles an hour, and you realize you get prepared. There's a warning. And, and I want to just tell you that the warning of Paul is this. Evil, evil is not just visible, but evil is subtle. Evil is subtle. It's not just a visible evil that I'm going to highlight, but I'm going to highlight some subtleness. I'm going to highlight what you may not see with the eyes necessarily. So he says in verse two, look, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers. look out for those who, who mutilate the flesh. Look out for these people who are trying to turn the church away from Jesus, but trying to turn it onto some other things. Look out for these these, these dogs. Now now I know this Paul doesn't he has no no, nothing against dogs. Okay, I'm just gonna let you know that. Like, we love dogs here. We love cats. We we love hamsters and rats. We we love it all. Cat the hat. I mean, we just love it all. Uh, but 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 I'm uh, 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 he's saying that I'm not gonna equate. You know, this is a bad thing when we start l- moving people to these dogs. These people are looking for attack, looking to prey, looking to take opportunity upon people that they would become. What Paul would say judaizers judaizers this this terminology where you would move back to the mosaic law where you would move back to all the jewish customs and law and that you now that you're saved you you need to get you need to get circumcised i'm a grown man please don't circumcise me please don't circumcise i'm out i'm out i'm I'm zeus or something i don't know (laughs) like like no, he, he, he's saying, like, look out for them. They're trying to move you back into something that is going to constrain you and is not actual freedom. He, they're trying to hold on to you and they're trying to to, try to make it Jesus plus something. Jesus plus something. But, but every time we do that, we pervert the gospel. Do you realize that you can actually bring a perversion of the gospel because it's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation? Jesus plus nothing that there is nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say. It's not about works. So so no man may boast It is Jesus and Jesus alone. But this is hard for us because we are under capitalism and everything we do is by by the the things that we the the labor that we produce. I'm stuttering so much. It's like Moses up here right now flowing out. It's like this. It's. It's, it's about what we can do in capitalism. It's about what we can do to make a way. It's, it's, it's I have to make a way. I have to work hard. There, there's, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Y'all remember that? You know, high school economics. There's no such thing as a free lunch. You have to work hard. It's, everything costs you something. You must plow and plow and plow. And as you do, you, you realize like, man, if I'm going to get up there, I have to work really, really hard. So we have a hard time in our Western culture because we feel like we equate that with our religion and our faith. If I'm going to get up there, if I'm going to be Pastor Ben, if I'm going to be Pastor Jim, if I'm going to be whatever pastor you like, if I'm going to be that, I have to do all this stuff. I have to work harder, I have to be more, I have to do all these things, and yet we kind of like it. We kind of like elitism, don't we? We kind of like, you know, secret societies. You know, all of us like that because it means that, that we're different from them. All of a sudden, we're set apart like, oh, no, no, I'm like five level up in this right here. And you you down there, you barely starting, bro. It's going to be so hard. I can't even tell you how hard it's going to be to get up here. In fact, you probably never come up to my level, right? Does that sound familiar to anybody? I I feel like that's what we do a lot of times in our culture, in our society. We we love elitism. We love being on top. and, And Paul is saying this is there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as this. That, 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 that in fact, I, I'm going to tell you, if anybody deserves to be up there, let me read my list. For we are the circumcision who worship by spirit of glory, of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Verse 5. Circumcised on the eighth day. Of the people of Israel, the perfect day to be circumcised was on the eighth day. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was the elite tribe, the best tribe. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law. I kept the law legalistically. I am a Pharisee as to zeal. I was zealous in this. I persecuted the church because they were against what we were preaching and what we were saying in our lifestyle. As to righteousness under law, I was blameless. And he checked the box. Check did that. Check, check the box. Check, check this, check that. Spent time with all this, and this is what we do oftentimes is we start checking the boxes. Man, I pray today, I'm awesome. I worshiped for an hour. I prayed for two hours. I read the Bible for three hours. And now I'm discipling somebody. And now I'm discipling another person. And then I'm speaking at this chapel. And then I'm leading this small group. And I'm doing all this stuff. And, man, I'm just just awesome. I'm just awesome. I'm doing great. And you start patting yourself on the back. anybody pat yourself on the back like, I feel good, man. I'm just doing amazing right now. It's awesome. And, And Paul's saying, hey, it's not about that. It's not about all the doing and all the check marks and all this stuff. That grace and grace alone. Faith and faith alone. He reminds us of what it is. In verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. It is all rubbish. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what I do. It is Christ and Christ alone. Christ and Christ alone. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. All of us have become like one who is unclean. This is describing all of us before Christ. All, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Everything that we do righteously as an unclean people without Christ is like filthy rags to Jesus. It's like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. You see, it doesn't matter how much good you do without Christ. It doesn't matter all these accolades. You can be in every social empowerment program in the city. You can do whatever you want, but without Christ, it is like rags. It doesn't mean... It doesn't elevate you to any place of righteousness. It doesn't elevate you to any pri- uh, place of right standing with Jesus. It is filthy rags. That's what it is. Well, Pastor, I feel a little beat up, not encouraged. I'm not rejoicing anymore. What's going on right now? This is what Paul's saying is, I, I, must, I must preach the gospel to you over and over again. And we must preach the gospel to one another that, that, that without Christ, you're nothing. But with Christ, you're everything. And without Jesus, I fall short of the glory of God. I fall short of his love. But with Jesus, I'm deserving as a son and a daughter. With Jesus, I am made right in him. This is wonderful news. In order that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead sola fide is the latin term faith alone faith alone is what we need right here faith alone is what paul's talking about it's not about any works but it's faith alone in 1517 Last year was a 500 years since the Reformation. Since Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses up on the door, and what he was saying is, hey, everybody is repenting with outward expression but no inward change of the heart. But Christ came that there would be an inward change of the heart, and as a result, there would be an outward expression, if that makes sense. And so repentance is with the heart. So he nails this 95 Theses up, and he starts changing everything. He's saying, it's faith alone, and that's when Protestantism starts rising and going above and beyond it started it started moving and and he started changing it and 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 moving it to a place of right standing verse 12 not that i've already obtained this or i'm already perfect but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own i press on because Christ Jesus already made me his own. I love that. Obedience comes from the overflow of what Christ has already done. And, and it's this tension place that we find in life, right? This constant tension of okay, I need to love Jesus and, and serving elementary and serving the kids and be a greeter and run sound and serving the local soup kitchen and the food bank. And I need to do all this stuff, right? I need to make all this stuff happen, but 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 it's Christ and Christ alone, and we only do this, how the overflow of what he's already done, how he's already loved us and accepted us. And I've been trying to train Benson on this for a long time. So so Benson's five, and and I want him to just obey because he's my son, you know? Like, I love you, buddy. You're awesome. Just just obey, okay? Just obey. You know, why, why do I have to get the spoon? Why are we doing timeouts? You know, why are we why are we doing this? Why are we having a talk? Like, just obey because you're my son. Just obey. Like, quit resisting the obedience, you know, of the Father. And it's crazy because sometimes we do that. And and he's saying, like, man, well, let's just obey because we're his kids. Let's just, let's just obey him because we're in Christ. Dallas Willard said this, grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. That, it, that Benson is my son, and I love him no matter what, and he's not obeying to earn my love. He's obeying because he's my son, and he's already loved. He's obeying out of an overflow. He doesn't have to earn it, and, and, and this is amazing. He's just obeying because, because he's my son. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward or forward." to what lies ahead that I I don't got it perfect right I'm not perfect in this in this walk I'm not perfect day in and day out that I I mess up I struggle I have struggles Who, who else is jacked up in this place just me like I'm jacked up and and I'm keep missing the mark but I realize like like I I press on towards the goal, which is Christ Jesus, to know him more and to love him more. This is what I do, and I don't look at all my accolades or what I've done in the past. I, I look forward to what he has in the future. How many of us are just living off of, uh, of the past experience or the past moment or, yeah, I got baptized when I was a baby or I got baptized when I was 17. I'm good now, right? If you keep living in the past, it hinders you from moving to the future where God has you of what he wants for you, what he wants of his church. He wants you to move towards him and not just look behind you. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So we believe that we aren't looking at our past and, and dwelling in our past. But we look at the past and we remember what God's done. But now we move in this present and we move to the future. And we look to what God can do and will do. This is what Paul wants of luminous church is that we would mature and it would be maturation to maturation that we'd start growing up into who christ has called us to be brothers sisters luminous join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us for many of whom i have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of christ their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. In Philippi, it's a very wealthy city. It's a lot of it's kind of like San Antonio a lot of retired military are there there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of wealth it's an amazing city they're very loyal to Rome they dressed in the Roman garb they would their allegiance was Rome they they believed in Rome and and they walked around with their heads held high because their nation was on top how many of you know Rome was on top it was doing amazing and I think a lot of us we walk around with our heads high because because our nation's awesome, right? Like we're in the best nation in the world. Like that's hyper elitism and I love it and and we're amazing and it's awesome and we have so many great things happening and, and, and we look at the church and The church is taking in millions and billions of dollars in our nation and sending out to the world to advance the kingdom and share the gospel and doing incredible things, and it's amazing. And God has blessed us, and there's much rejoicing, and there's much freedom, and and we're not going to get locked up for our faith in this room this morning. and, And there's so many opportunities and so much amazement. But what happens is there's an evil that can come up that's so subtle in the amazingness of our land and our country. Country And in our city and in this church. And the evil that is so subtle is you start living for you and not for him. You start believing this slogan, YOLO. You know, you only live once. Let's just go out with a bang. Come on, let's do it. You know, it is what it is. Don't worry about it. We got it. You know, let's do what we want to do. Let's, let's give up to whatever we want to eat, whatever we want to drink, wherever we want to go, whatever self-gratifies us, whatever it be, that's what we're going to give ourselves to. And it's easy to do that, right? It's just me, maybe, Just me. And I find myself doing that over and over again. And yet, Paul's saying, I want you to look to me as an example. I want you to imitate me of how I've given my life to Christ and Christ alone. I've laid down everything for him. I've given it all up. In fact, I I had everything. Paul's saying, I had every single thing. But I consider it loss, rubbish, compared to knowing Christ for other people to know who Jesus is. I want the kingdom to go forward, and, and it's about Jesus and who Jesus is. and it doesn't matter about all these, all these accolades are so great and all these opportunities are so awesome. But I want you to imitate me in the life that I've lived. That's hard, right? As as we're sitting here and we're reading this, I I don't want to imitate that. I just want to read it, feel good, pat myself on the back and go on, right? Anybody else? Like, oh, man, good message. Good. Pastor Ben said hi to me this morning. It was awesome. And and we're going to go. And we had the coffee and the cake, and it's amazing. And now we're just going to go live life however we want to live it. And then we'll come back next week and be encouraged again. And, yes, I want you encouraged. But I also want to challenge you. Will you join in with Paul? Not, Not with Ben, but will you join in with Paul? Giving your life for the gospel. Will you join in, Paul, that your life would be a representation of Jesus and what he's done for you? Will you join in with Paul and say, I want to live this life looking towards the prize? talking about Jesus, talking about faith, talking about who God is. I want to live this life where my kids know Jesus and they know him intimately, not just on Sunday or not just on that special engage the spirit, but they know him in every single part of their life. They know when they know him when he's, they're playing sports and they know him when they're studying and they know him when they're working and they know him when they're doing things. Would I join in that? Would I start making Jesus the center and the focus? And, and I've had a hard time with this because I'm so pragmatic like right like I look at things and it's step by step by step this is how we're going to get there it's awesome And, and sometimes I move over into this realm over here and it's all natural it's by my own means, my own effort. It's by anything that I can do. It's about my articulate. It's about my apologetics. It's about you know as much theology as I can know, and more Bible project, and more Wayne Grudem systematic theology, and everything else. It's kind of just natural. Like I'll just figure it out. You know, it's all it's all head. It's all very pragmatic. It's all very logical. It all it all makes just clear sense. And 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 I used to say those people who lived over here. That they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, if you know what I mean. Have you seen those people who just like, man, their head are in the clouds, all they talk about is Jesus. They, you feel like you can't even have a conversation with them because they're just talking about God all the time, and they're praying in the in the prayer room in San Antonio 24/7, and they never come out of that. And they're just reading their Bible and they're worshiping and they're praying and they're talking about things that don't make sense to me. And and, and they're just theorizing about what heaven is gonna be like. And they're just over here in this area. And I was like, man, those guys, they ain't gonna do nothing, man. You realize like the world's going to hell, and they're over there in that, in that little circle doing nothing. I'm like, can you just go make a disciple of somebody? Can you get out of that little, little, little prayer huddle? And I said, man, these people are so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. So I move over here and I say, "Hey man, what's up, dude? Let's let's hang out, man. Let's 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 do life together, bro. Like help me build this church. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a good time. Hey, start a connect group. Lead a connect group. Hey man, um, buy somebody Starbucks. You know, go love on somebody. Go pr- do something. It'd be awesome. And and I look at them. And I'm like, man, they ain't making a disciple. They're just over there praying. And they're looking at me like, man, they ain't praying. They ain't spiritual. They ain't doing anything, man. Like the kingdom's over here. And what I realize in life, Life is life is a tension. Just like many tensions that we have, is life is an attention. It's not all this, and it's not all this. It's both. It's both. In fact, it's this. Okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to get filled up. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to pray through the principalities and darkness over this city and the darkness over my life, the darkness over my family's life, and the darkness over campus. And I'm going to look to God, and I'm going to worship him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to read my Bible. And then I'm going to come over here. I'm going to grab somebody. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, let's be friends. Let's hang out. Let's do dinner. Let's do lunch. Let's, let's spend time together. Guess what? I know Jesus, and he saved me. And it was Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And I got to tell you about who Jesus is, and he's amazing. Do you want to hear about Jesus? And they're like, yeah, I want to hear about that. Hey, come with me over here. Hey, over here, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to tell you how to pray, how to read, how to love God, how to hear his voice, that he speaks through his word, through principles, and he speaks through his character, and he speaks through circumstance, but he also may speak to you audibly, and he's going to do some stuff in your life, and it's going to be awesome, it's going to be great, okay? That's going to be amazing, and we're going to look at who Christ is, and we're going to imitate Christ, and we're going to imitate who he is, and and, and guess what? Um, we're not going to stay here. We're going to go over there and get some more people, okay? And so we'll go back over here into the next. Natural, and we start being friends with more people in our workplace and more people in our neighborhoods, and we start setting an example. Hey, hey, do you know Jesus? Jesus is awesome. He's amazing. He's everything. Oh yeah, I watched Spurs game. It was awesome. Yeah, man, go Spurs, go! It's awesome. And what do you think about? You know, Aldridge and Rosen, and come on, let's go. Okay, yeah. Okay, hey, come over here. I got, I got to tell you about Jesus. I gotta, I got, we gotta to pray together and be together, and let's, let's do the Purple Book together. Yeah, man, this is, this is what Jesus did, and this is what Lordship is, and this is how you can live a life according to His will, and it's awesome it's amazing hey don't stay over here let's go get some more people and and start telling people do you understand what that's what paul is saying to philippi that's what paul's saying you're all kind of worn out right now you're like man, that's (laughs) felt like a lot of work i just want to stay on one side or the other and that's the problem we want to stay on one side or the other but there's a tension and and paul's saying he live in philippi there's a lot of temptation in your body and there's a lot of temptation things happening but I want you to imitate me and I want you to give your life for Jesus and I want you to know Jesus intimately and passionately and I want you to I want you to know who he is and that he's your true citizenship but I still want you to go go love the city and love people and and be about that verse 20 but our citizenship is in heaven and from it We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. That you would talk about heaven and you would start walking in him and that you would start being the hands and feet of Jesus to the people around you. You'd be this church that you wouldn't be tempted by the gratifications of this world, but you'd bring people into the fullness of who God is. Stand firm. Stand firm in this, knowing that you're in a great nation, and I'm so thankful for every veteran in here, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we'll be loyal to that first. We're gonna be loyal to Jesus and what he has for us and what he said. Would you stand with me this morning? as we stand firm. Would that be a...